Okay. Have you had a chance to finish drying your eyes yet? Have your tear ducts been refilled? Okay. All right. Let's do this, y'all. <laughs> so everyone in the core four is either pregnant, engaged, or married. I am loving that for our girls. But of course, we will talk about that and so much more on this episode of He Got Y'all. Let's start the fucking show, man. Come on. Come on. Welcome to He Got Y'all, an insecure after show where we discuss plots, predictions. Oh, not even predictions because the show is over. Oh my God. Where we discuss plots, predictions, and so much more. I'm your host, Malcolm Smith. Thanks for joining the kit today. So Sunday night, we got episode 10, the series finale of Insecure, titled Everything's Gonna Be Okay. Directed by Prentice Penny, written by Issa Rae. Oh, my goodness. So many things to discuss. First, let me just tell y'all what the fuck happened yesterday. Because when I tell you I was all gung-ho for the talent show, shout out to the Cheetah Girls. <laughs> I was gung-ho for the talent show. I was ready to come in here, do the show. Ah, ah, ah. I watched the episode, of course, as we always do on Sunday night as a family. I watched it again Monday morning. I was ready. I watched a documentary Sunday night. Had my Prosecco. Oh, I got some Prosecco. Actually, you know what? I'll be right back. Hold on, y'all. Yes, I had my Prosecco. Um, I put it in a little water bottle, like a true hood rat. Now, this water bottle is tight, honey. Oh, my goodness. Whoa, this is... Oh. All right. Well, there we go. That's that's the cork pop for this week. Because when I tell you the girls deserve all the things, here's the cheers, here's the toast. Now, let me get back to my story in a minute. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. What am I doing drinking Prosecco? A bitch ain't had no breakfast. I had a handful of cashews and a cup of green tea. But it's a celebration, Okay. We will be drinking the thing. So here is two. <sighs> Everything insecure. You know, the fan base, you know, uh, the creators, the the everybody. Issa, Prentice, Yvonne, uh, uh, Jay, Amanda, Natasha, Amy, ev- everybody, Sarita, everybody at Insecure. Just hats off to y'all because y'all fucking did that. Like when I tell you, uh, we'll get into it. Oh, I'm not going to get emotional. But y'all did that. <laughs> so good. All right, let's drink. So anyway, I say all that to say. So yes, back to Sunday night. So Sunday night, I'm sitting at home. You know, like I said, I watched the episode. I watched the doc. I'm up drinking my Prosecco. I got on my He Got Y'all shirt. I was ready. I was in the spirit. Yesterday, I get up, watch the, uh, the finale again. Watch like the last 15 minutes of the doc. I didn't have a whole hour to give because I wanted to come here and talk to y'all, right? I get on the bus. Shout out to Brooklyn, B49. I get on the bus, child. And there's a thing that happens here in New York. I don't know if it happens in other cities. Um, it doesn't happen on every bus line. But sometimes if, like, the bus route is too long, halfway through the ride, you know, the drivers will swap out so that the, you know, the second driver can take over and finish off the ride. Whatever. So this is something that is not uncommon to me. I know that this happens often. So when the bus stops, and mind you, you all, I'm only, like, five stops in. I had just gotten on the bus. So... I get on the bus, um, it stops, it always stops at the same stop for the swap off. So I'm like, all right, girls, let's, let's expedite this. I have things to do, I have people to talk to. Okay, I don't have all day. So after about 10 minutes, we're sitting at the bus stop, and I'm like, okay, girls, this is looking bleak. It's about 2.15, and I'm like, okay, as long as we get to the studio by like 3.34 o'clock, this episode could be up before the night is over, you know? 
So I'm sitting on the bus. There's no other driver to relieve this driver. So now I'm getting antsy, right? I'm getting antsy. I'm getting tight. Um, I haven't had anything to eat because that's the way I live my life sometimes, but I'm trying to be better. Another bus pulls up behind us. I'm like, all right, bitch, I'm getting on this bus. This bus is also waiting for relief. So now there are two buses sitting here, two buses filled. Okay, not really filled, but filled enough with people. And we're all sitting here like, you know, what the fuck, girls? So finally, the driver shows up. We get on the bus. The bus takes off. Amen, hallelujah. I get to the studio only to realize that I cannot come inside because the entire building is closed because Jesus wanted to have a birthday on Saturday. And the girl said, well, listen, if the Christmas falls on the Saturday, that Monday we are observed, which I respect. Everybody deserves their day off. Yesterday was my day off, but it was my day on to do this podcast. So now it's like four, maybe like 315, 330. And I'm literally begging to the security guard downstairs. <laughs> like, please, sir. I just want to go upstairs, record this show. I will be out of here in like 45 minutes tops. Like, just let me in. He's like, nah, brother, I'm sorry. The building's closed today. Now, the only reason why I did not get really, really tight is because the security guard, oh, y'all, he was fine as fuck, chat. <laughs> this man was fine. So fine where I was like, yo, I almost want to fight with you so we can have aggressive makeup sex. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me not take it there. But... You know, I was very upset, but, you know, he was easy on the eyes. So it made it a little bit easier to be like, all right, child, I'm not going to be too angry about this. But, yes, yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yes, yeah, so for all of you that were uh, waiting for the episode yesterday, my apologies. Uh, shout out to, uh, um, oh, I'm going to pull you up right now because now you're being put on blast, okay, uh, to uh, Southern Girl who hit me up on Twitter, like, <clears throat> clear stroke. Excuse me, it's Tuesday. I was like, damn it, I know what day it is. Shit, I wanted to be here yesterday, but that didn't happen like that. So, anyway, that's my, uh, that was my Monday uh, debacle. Sorry, other thing. Between the chaos yesterday and then um, Insecure, HBO Max. Girls, girls, listen. I know Insecure is over, so my time on the HBO Max app will be probably less uh, less than it's been. Because Insecure is the only thing that I truly, truly watch on HBO. But, like, damn, girls. Like, the way that the HBO Max app was carrying on on Sunday, I was like, sweeties, we got to get it together. So, lots of uh, technical difficulties and things over the past, you know, 48 hours. But, nevertheless, we are here. And let's talk about our people. Okay. Let's get into the motherfucking flowers for this week. So flowers for this week are going out to, which is so crazy that I don't think she's ever gotten it on this show, which is like kind of bad. Issa. Issa's getting all of the flowers. Every rose petal, uh, every stem, no thorns because our girl deserves better. Uh, every Everything, the little fucking um, plant food that comes in the thing. Issa, you get that too. We'll get you a vase. We'll get you all the things, okay? Because you... Sis, you did this. Like, I'm not going to make this a love letter to Issa right now. I could. But I am just... Oh, my God. I'm not even going to lie to you all. Like, I cried during the finale. I cried during the doc. Watched the finale again yesterday. Cried again. Watched the doc the last 15 minutes. Again. Cried again. Like, just... This show has really meant so much to me. I'm literally wearing my Issa, Kelly, Molly, Tiffany shirt right now. Like, these are my niggas. Like, I... I love this show, man. So, so good. So, yes, Issa, you get all the flowers from a 
you know, story standpoint. We'll get into all of that. But just like as a black creative, and I think this is, I think why so many of us feel the way we feel for me as a black creative. And then uh, if you're not even a black creative, but you're just a black person that enjoys black culture, so many of the shows that we have grown up watching, loving, still love, have not gotten the proper send-offs. And the fact that we just got to see this show come to a complete circle is already, you know, like, iconic is such an overused word. But it really is, like, iconic within itself. Because so many shows, we have not had the chance to see the final send-off. So for just that alone, I'm just like, wow, y'all did that. Like, so, so good. Um and then just Issa as a person, man, like that is just like, oh, my nigga. I feel like if Issa and I were friends, we would really be good friends. So with that said, considering it being the last or, well, the second to last episode if he got y'all, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But as this podcast is coming to an end for right now, let me share my Issa story. All right. So picture it, Harlem, New York, 20, oh my goodness, 21, 2019. Maybe 2018, 18, probably 18, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Uh, Yvonne Orji and uh, Lovey have a podcast called Jesus and Jalof. They came to the Apollo Theater to do the show. Um, I noticed Issa way up in the balcony and I was like, or in the box seats. And I was like, right, well, I'm not going to go up there and press her in the box seats. But when I, t- all right, I'm not going to lie to y'all. This is probably some stalker shit, but like follow me through. Okay. It's not as crazy as it sounds. So um, I see her sitting in the box seats. Um, I think also Yvonne or Lovey, one of them might have shouted her out. But anyway, people knew that Issa was in the building, right? So I'm like, I got to find a way to talk to Issa. Now, full disclosure, I used to work at the Apollo. So, like, I'm at work, so I'm not supposed to be talking to anyone (laughs) that is not in my immediate circle for what I need to be doing for work. But, you know, I was like, girl, it's Issa. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm going to go talk to my friend. So uh, she's sitting in the box seats. Uh, She leaves, like, maybe, like, 15 minutes before the show was over. And I'm like, all right, girls, go time. So I follow her out into the lobby. <laughs> she walks all the way outside, right? So now, generally, because, again, I'm at work, I'm like, I really can't walk outside the building. But I was like, bitch, you got to do what the fuck you got to do. And what you have to do is go talk to Issa. So I surely carried my ass right outside the building in full uniform without a, without a care in the world. <laughs> and... I um, just went up and talked to her. And I was like, yo, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not going to go chat them first. But basically, like, the show is my shit. I'm a creative. I'm a writer. You have inspired me so much. Yada, yada, yada. So Issa, super cool, super humble. She's like, yo, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You know, she's just, she's nice. She's very nice about it. <clears throat> the problem is, is that while we're having our one-on-one, while me and my bestie are talking, other people keep coming up trying to talk to Issa and me. All right, really talk to Issa. But girls, we're talking. Mind your business. (laughs) So people are coming up asking for pictures. And she's like, nah, not tonight. But thank you so much for your support, blah, blah, blah. Like super nice about it. Now, for those of you, um, I I come from the school of if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So for those of you that uh, saw the picture I tweeted on Sunday of me and Jay Ellis, and then me and Tristan J. Winger at that insecure party. I was telling you, if you haven't seen it, you can go look at my Twitter. But because I believe if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. I said, all right, well, Yvonne's going to be at the theater tonight. So even if I only get to meet Yvonne, I can be like, yes, girl, look at my We Got Y'all shirt. I'm a date one fan. Like, you know, let's take a picture or something. Real groupie status. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. <laughs> Never got access to Yvonne, which was fine. But I was like, bitch, I'm going to get this picture with Issa. 
I go outside. Like I said, we had this whole conversation. She's waiting for her Uber. I was like, all right, well, I know New York City well enough where I'm like, if you call the Uber, you really got like two minutes or 12 minutes. There's really no in between sometimes. Like, and it's a Saturday night. So I'm like, either you're going to be out of here in no time or we got a little minute. So I go downstairs to my locker. I get my He Got Y'all shirt. I put it on underneath my uniform. So legit, I have to take off a vest, a button up, put the shirt back on, put the vest back on, put my coat on, go outside. Um, And I went back upstairs to Issa and literally did like a Clark Kent Superman moment, like opened the buttons on my shirt so that she could see the shirt underneath it. And I was like, look, Issa, like you my nigga, like I really fuck with you, OD. And she was like, oh my God, thank you. That's so sweet. Now at this point, I could tell she wanted to take the picture with me. But because she had told so many other people no, she was like, you know, I can't really, I can't really do that. That's kind of trifling. But Issa girl, yes, that was the moment. So yeah, shout out to Issa. That's my Issa story. Um, and yeah, my, my fave, that's my girl through and through. All right. Now that we've gotten through that, let's get into what we got to talk about this week. The season finale, the series finale of Insecure. But before we get into that, let's get into last week's people poll question. So, the question was, who is Issa going to choose? So, on uh, Twitter, numbers, you know what? I- I'm feeling the way that everybody vote. Well, not everybody, but I'm feeling the way that majority voted in this poll. Um, So, we had, who's Issa going to choose? Lawrence got 24%. Nathan got 16%. Charlie. And Issa herself got 60%. So y'all on Twitter was definitely feeling, you know, team single. And then on Spotify, ooh, oh, God, uh, Nathan got 8%. Okay, yo, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm, uh, I wish this was more of a two-way street because I'm really curious. Like, I thought people were fucking with Nathan a little bit more than this. But I don't know. Something about that last episode had a lot of y'all flip-floppy on the Nathan energy. Hmm. That's interesting. Anyway, Nathan, 8%. Lawrence was at 20%. And Issa was at 72% for herself. So everybody was team single, for the, I guess, for the most part. Or team choose yourself, Issa. But you know what, you all? Here's the gag of all gags. Issa did choose herself. Because even in choosing herself, and I know, like, that's technically what the question, that's not what the question was. But in choosing herself, she decided that this was the best person for her. But... You know, I like that it wasn't so immediate. You know, like the fact that it took them like two years to really work through all of their shit and really be together and for her to be engaged and all of those things. But yes, but let's start at the top. So episode rating, of course, all the points. I don't even have to do this with you all. Tens across the board. Tens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 100s, everything. Just so, so good. I felt, for a lot of the episode, I felt... Um, I felt like I had stopped watching a TV show and was just watching my friends. And not even my friends in the idea of, like, Issa, Lawrence, Molly, but my friends, like, Issa, Yvonne, Jay. You know, like, I was like, oh, like, I've been rocking with these people for so long that, like, I'm just happy for them as people. Like, oh, y'all just did this as, you know, as as people. <laughs> like, so good. And what I kept thinking of the whole episode, remember the episode of Girlfriends when season three, when Tony was about to get married to Todd and they had that cake tasting um, ceremony party, whatever you want to call it, at Joan's house. But that was right around when Joan and Ellis had broken up. 
And Joan told Ellis to come get his stuff, like, in the middle of the party, which was so fucking messy. But that's Joan Carol Clayton for you. That scene where Joan and um, Ellis are in the bedroom. And Joan was like, I am happy for my friend. I am happy for my friend. Okay? I am happy for my friend. That's how I felt. I was like, I'm happy for my friends. I am happy for my friends. So... Yes, ratings just through the roof for me. So good. All right, so let's open up this episode. So episode opens up. Nathan has just driven Issa home after the party, after the scuffle, after the little tussle. And he lets our girl know that this ain't really working out for him. And these two are officially broken up. Now, I can't lie. I'm not going to say that I was surprised because y'all know how I feel. And, you know, I kind of saw this coming. I did not expect it so immediate in the episode. I said, oh, child, we're not even uh, two minutes in. Like, and Nathan's like, it's clipped. So, yeah, these two are officially broken up. Issa goes in the house. And we get our first look of Mirror Bitch of the episode. And I have a question. <laughs> when did Mirror Bitch become such a savage? Like, the whole season, she's really been, like, keeping it a buck and, like, keeping Issa in check. But something about this last episode has really had the girl, like, on 10. The fake crying where she was, like, mocking Issa. <laughs> there was a line where she was like, you were tripping about all these decisions only to end up here. You hate to see it. And it's just like, damn, girl, like, real-life Issa is dealing with enough. Like, mirror Issa, please. Like, we are struggling out here. But... <laughs> Uh, that is when Issa says that she wishes that she could just fast forward to the part when everything is okay. And we officially start time traveling. So jump number one, we're at Molly's birthday. And it seems like the girls are staying true to their word. Tiffany has made it back for Molly's birthday. And it's very clear that Tiffany misses L.A. deeply. Because when Sis walked into the house and said, L.A. smells so good. I was like, L.A.? Like, Los Angeles, L.A.? I mean, the city with a bunch of pollution, like, second behind New York in the country? Okay, I don't really believe that. But, all right, girl, I see I see that we're happy to be back at home, and we love that for you. So, <laughs> Tiffany walks in the party, sees her girl Kelly, and Kelly has someone for Tiffany to meet. And it is her new boo, Desmond, who is actually played by um, uh, James Bland. He's on... Oh, fuck. What is it? He's on Giants on um, Issa's... I don't know if it's just Issa's YouTube channel. Or if, I think it's just a YouTube channel. But um, he's on Giants. He also, I believe, directed the documentary that we got on Sunday. So, yes, James, all in the insecure Issa world. But, yeah, shout out to Desmond, who is very tall. Six, six. When he towered above everybody in that shot, I said, okay, I see what's happening here. Kelly, you got a good one, girl. Kelly's got a man. And Molly still has a man. Molly is meeting Torian's family for the first time at her birthday. And I said, now, I don't mind meeting your mama and them. You know, like, that's, that's no problem for me. But I got to meet them on my day, on the day that's mine. And solely mine i don't know about that like can't we just go over to the crib for sunday dinner one week like can we have a fish fry one friday like i gotta come they gotta come here for my birthday but as we know how the uh molly and torian 
Molly, Molly and Tori. Okay, this Prosecco is starting to hit now. Okay. As we know how the Molly and Torian uh, story plays out, I guess it made sense for her to be meeting his family, but not on his birthday, but respected it. So, yeah, things are looking solid. You know, Kelly's happy. Tiffany seems happy. Issa seems happy. Molly seems happy. Torian seems very happy because the way that he was looking at Molly while singing that happy birthday, I said, okay. All right, girls, I see what we're doing here, but that is jump number one. So moving on to jump number two is Issa's birthday now, and Molly, Kelly, and Amal are all present. Tiffany, unfortunately, is not at the party, uh, but while at the party, Issa is scoping out for some birthday dick. She sees one man across the room who is quite fine, actually. And in the words of Molly Denise Carter, looks a little pipey too. So between the pipiness and the bow-leggedness of this man, Issa goes up to shoot her shot. <laughs> and spits wine all over him and now needs a shout, cloth, a tide, pen, anything that the girls can offer because she has ruined this man's sweater. But uh, Kelly's about to dip because the white man got her on a deadline. And this is where we learn that Molly has spoken to one of the partners or several of the partners about having an estate division, and they're down for it. So it's looking like Kelly might be working with Molly in the very near future. As we know, she does. But let's just go along with the with the flow of the show, okay? So that's looking like that's going to be a positive thing. Uh, but Kelly's considering it, and she says that she's going to call Molly tomorrow about it. When the entire energy of the party changed, well, not the entire, that's dramatic, but the energy between these three definitely changed because who was at the door? Nanceford. Nanceford has shown up to the party. Now, I don't know what it is about Nathan that loves popping up at a birthday child, but I just, it's, it's, not, it's, not, a good, it's not a good thing. You know, between, remember in season three, after he had ghosted her and he showed up with them freeway flowers, and it was just like, now you chose now of all of the times you chose now to show up. Okay. All right, girlfriend, that's fine. But here he goes again, popping up on a birthday. And, um, from the sound of the conversation, Issa ain't heard from him. He says that he has gotten her messages and here he is. So not going to put the whole blanking coat, blanking the ghosting coat on him again, <laughs> blanking. What does that mean? I'm not going to put the whole ghosting coat on him again, but it does seem like he's been missing in action a little bit, which I think is probably why we don't see him again after this scene is because I think it's just like, I think Issa knows like this not really going to work for me like this. I also don't. All right. I'm going to be honest, y'all. I don't think Issa was ever really, really into this guy. You know, I think it was like, he's cute. We can have a little fun together. I think as shit got messier with Lawrence, I think, oh, Lawrence and Daniel, really. I think she was trying to fill a void in a sense. But yeah, I don't, I honestly don't think Issa ever truly, truly saw it for Nathan. I think it was more of just like a, a cute guy that possibly had some good dick that lasted for just a little bit too long, but was cute, you know? And I mean, not cute in just his appearance, but cute in like the energy of their relationship, you know? Like, that day they spent together. If you've ever been on like a really popping date, well, let me not say that, but there are, there are levels to popping dates. But one level of the popping date is the date that lasts all day. 
which is no longer my ministry because I realized that is how you burn niggas out real fast. You're like, oh, girl, I am sick of you. It's like, well, y'all have spent all day Saturday together for the last five Saturdays. Of course you're sick of this nigga. Like, you've you've spent more time with him than you have with yourself. But that's a whole nother story for another time. Um, But, yes, yeah, so I think it was just, like, the fact that their first date back in season three was just them spending, like, the whole day together. Like, I think shit like that really, like, pushed her a little bit faster into this relationship Faster than it should have been, honestly. But, you know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, But, yeah, so I think he's still on some ghostly energy. And I think this is really what makes Issa be like, eh, this not really going to work for me. And I think even as she, I won't, I don't want to say set him off. But even as he was leaving the party, when she called him Nansford, what that said to me was, oh, excuse me. Um, What that said to me was, was that. She still fucks with this kid. Like, she still likes him. She still enjoys his energy. But I don't think it's going to be a thing like that. So, yes, that is the last we see of Nansford for the show. Uh, Then we time jump to number three. And I'm not going to hold you all. These time jumps were kind of fucking me up. Now, it maybe was because that I smoked, you know, a decent amount of weed before watching the episode. But listen, it was a celebration, okay? Let me be. So, in between that and then drinking, you know, my Prosecco chow... I was like, okay, now how much time is really passing? But once we got back to Molly's birthday again, I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. But right around this time jump was where I was like, okay, where are we at in the storyline? But we're at jump number three. It is now Tiffany's birthday. I've now also clocked that the birthday thing is really a thing where I'm like, okay, we're doing this. I'm liking how we're moving through these storylines. So jump number three, Tiffany is in Denver and she fucking hates it. The in-laws are low-key over Simone. They love their grandbaby, but the energy is very much of, come get her. Come get this baby from this house. When Derek comes outside with this 17-year-old woman, I don't know who this girl is in the, in the scene, Simone, you all, is an actual giant. And I'm like, oh, time is really moving. Like, when you're only looking at grown people, you're like, oh, okay, like, Time is passing, but, like, you don't really clock it until you see children, and you're like, oh, shit, time is really moving right now. So, yes, Simone comes out, who is just so adorable and so big. Oh, my goodness, just such a big girl. But in the midst of all of that, while in Tiffany's kitchen, Issa sees a picture of Lawrence holding baby Ja with Derek and the rest of the dads and the crew when Molly asks the million-dollar question. What would Issa have said to Lawrence if Nathan did not interrupt? Here you go, Issa, talking about, she don't know, and it's too late, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, Miss Mamas, it is never too late, okay? It is never too late, as we see. But in the midst of that conversation, oh, God, oh, God, in the midst of that conversation, Molly gets a call from her brother, Curtis, and we learn that Mama Carter has... Going on to glory. Um, and shout out to Yvonne's acting because whew, when I tell you all that I felt that shit in my core, like that whale she let out, like that is oh, 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 oh. Yes, Yvonne. I will just say yes, Yvonne. Um if you've ever gotten the news about someone's passing. And heard someone have that reaction. Like, that wail, that shriek is so, like, chills up your spine, goosebumps. Because you, you like, even if you don't know what happened, 
you know what's happened. Like, you are very much aware of what is going on energy-wise. So, yes, Yvonne, so, so good. That was that was some acting in that scene. Um, Now, my only... Which is, like, difficult. My only disappointment about that scene was that we came out of it so quickly that, like, from a viewer standpoint, it was like, girls, I'm in my bag. Like, I need a minute. Like, I don't want to see the whole funeral, child, but, like, Damn, like, give me a moment to, like, breathe and process this. But, you know, we are moving swiftly. We go right into another time jump. We see, you know, the sun rising, the sun setting. We see traffic on the 405. We see L.A. being L.A. And we are now in time jump number four, and it is Sir Lawrence's birthday. Martin Lawrence Walker has a birthday. And Lawrence's mama <laughs> is on the phone giving him the Mount Zion remix of Happy Birthday, closing it out with... In Jesus' name. And I said, I just love how black this show is. Like, it's been black all along. But just even in this final moment, it is just truly providing true cultural experiences. Because, uh, yes, come on, Jesus' name for the birthday song. All right, now, amen, hallelujah. But even from Lawrence's dad popping in the camera to ask if Lawrence got the paperweight and sliding right out of frame, I said, wow, look at my mama and my daddy right on FaceTime. Because when I tell you my dad... Be quick to hop off the phone. Like, we'll be on speakerphone or on FaceTime and be like, and blah, 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 blah. All right, here's your mother. And it's like, well, damn, nigga, I would like to speak to you as well. But okay, go back to Sports Center or whatever you're doing. I hope it's great. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, but in the conversation with his mama, Lawrence uh, lets her know that Condola and Ja went out to lunch earlier with him to celebrate his birthday. And it seemed like Mama Walker... And also, Baby Walker are both fucking with Condola, which was nice, you know, to know. Uh, Mama Walker's like, <laughs> Condola dress is nice. She got that one braid. Simple, clean. I like it. I said, <laughs> not the one braid, but the one braid. Because Condola do be loving that one braid, child. She really do. So, while on the phone with his mama, Lawrence gets a call from Issa. And Issa lets him know that she's been thinking about him and thinking in general and offers to take him out for his birthday. When I tell you all, I wanted to reach through the TV and just yoke Issa up. I wanted to yoke Issa D up because, girl, what are we doing? What is happening? This is a recipe for disaster for anybody. Like, if it's not your mama and your daddy, like... You don't just be hitting nobody up at the 11th hour, especially somebody that you used to, A, be in a relationship with, B, you still obviously have feelings for, and C, okay, well, I don't have a C. But A and B is enough, all right? <laughs> like, between those two things, that is enough. And it's like, girl, of course this man has plans. Because, listen, whether it was plans with, you know, just going out to get drinks with Chad or, like, you know, anything, it's just like, this man is in his early 30s. He is single, as we believe. Um, sure, he has a baby, but, like, his baby's probably not with him. Like, he's busy. Like, why would you call this man at 7.45 for an 8 o'clock plan? I don't understand what's happening, Issa. Sidebar, Issa girl, you're not even dressed to go anywhere. Like, you still, you sitting here in a dark and lovely t-shirt. Like, you're not prepared to go out and celebrate a person's birthday? Oh. Girl, just stressing me out. That, that scene was stressful. I'm not going to lie. But 
um, Lawrence has to dub it because he is booked and busy. He got he got plans, child. He's going out with, you know, somebody else. The doorbell rings and Issa immediately rushes him off the phone. And it's like, okay, girl, we could have thought a little bit harder about this. Because, again, it is his birthday. And it's like, he probably has birthday plans. Even if it's nothing crazy. It could be dinner with his mama and him. He still got plans. Like, that was that was not calculated correctly for me. But what it did tell me was that Issa still, if not loves this man, likes this man a lot. Because it takes someone out for their birthday that you used to talk to. Like, that's a big step. That is a very big step. So, yeah, we begin to see the seeds being planted there. But... The doorbell rings. The door opens up. Lawrence falls into somebody's arms, child. I don't know who she is. When I tell you I was not here for any of the new love interests, except for Kelly's, uh, but but none of the new love interests between Lawrence's little uh, girlfriend that showed up at the door, Issa's little um, Daniel with the S curl looking like Jesus. I was like, who are these people and how do we get them out of here? Because expeditiously they need to go like i was not here for any of the new love love interests but uh yeah so that is time jump number four time jump number five it is now kelly's birthday and in honor of it being kelly's birthday i figure i should just take a little bit more of this prosecco because that was getting warm and who wants warm prosecco nobody okay so it is now kelly's birthday Issa shows up with Nazir, which not a fan, as I just told you all. But Tiffany and Derek are there. Molly, unfortunately, is not. Uh, but Issa is there with Nazir that she met on an app or in person. Or in person, but they saw each other on the app first. Honestly, child, I couldn't keep up because I was so distracted by Tiffany in that black wig. And I said... Okay, so is sis going through an identity crisis? Like, sis really seems like she's struggling. Like, we need to reach out and touch. We need to lay a hand on sister Tiff because I don't know what Denver's doing to the girl, but her in this black wet and wavy wig with this bang. Yikes, that was not it. And I said, oh, sis needs help. Sis really needs help. But... You know, that's what's happening over there with uh, Ms. Dubois. So, yeah. But Kelly lets the crew know that she is pregnant. And Tiffany is going apeshit over this pregnancy announcement. (laughs) And this is hilarious because this is definitely my best friend in real life, Asha. Like, when people announce pregnancies, my best friend Asha literally goes apeshit. Like... (laughs) I remember when my best friend Sid told us that she was pregnant, which was like, I think Christmas, maybe like three years ago. Well, no, two, well, three years ago, because Kai's two. Anyway, um, but like the pandemonium from Asha was just like over, over, just, yes. So the excitement, the banging on the table, the shrieking, the all of it. I was like, wow, look at my best friend right on television. This is crazy. <laughs> so just elated now. Uh, Issa, in this scene, I don't know if anyone clocked this, and shout out to uh, everybody over at Sit Black and Watch. Um, 
Last night they had a uh, what is it called? Child, what's the fuck's name of that app? Clubhouse. They were on Clubhouse, um, which they do every week, where they you know sit and you know key key about the show. Uh, but Prentice Penny was on there last night, so you know we got a little bit more tea, which was actually low key perfect because the fact that I couldn't record yesterday gave me a chance to listen to it to get a little bit more to tell y'all today. But in this scene, Issa seems confused because Kelly didn't want kids to begin with, but Kelly is like, you know. After I died, I started acting preguntas. <laughs> well, she didn't just want any nigga's kids. She wants this nigga's kids. And I said, I know that's right, Kelly. You better go on and claim it. But but Desmond got Kelly out here doing stuff she normally wouldn't do, including butt stuff. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I loved, loved seeing the uncomfortable energy once Tiffany and Kelly started talking about baby stuff and apps and all that other kind of shit. Now, in this scene, I don't know if you caught it because it was very, uh, it was brief to me. I didn't even notice it the first time. But Issa looks kind of lost. Like, she's not unhappy for Kelly, but you can tell that there's something definitely awkward going on there. So, anyway, back to the sit black and watch thing. So, I'm on sit black and watch last night. So, you know, I tweeted a question um, to Taisha and them. Because I was curious. I was like, is Issa looking uncomfortable here i was like is Issa's uncomfortability what pushed her into moving faster with getting back with lawrence because remember right at the end at the end of this scene you know she's at the house with you know daniel with the s carl and then soon after that lawrence is pretty much back full throttle so um i was curious if that kind of like motivated Issa to be like you know what girl everybody's doing what they need to do let me get my shit together and like really figure out what i want from this well, according to Prentice, straight from the source, that was not the motivation. Um, the, the question was also kind of, you know, I think he heard it as if Issa was like hating on Kelly, which is not what was asked. But there was definitely some weird energy there. So I'm not really sure what that's about. Um, but I want to unpack that a little bit more. But we'll put a pin in that for a later date. So in any event. Kelly's having a baby, and I was like, okay, Kelly, I'm loving this for you. Like, between this boyfriend and this baby, I said, all right, Kelly, loving the things for you. Um, So after the dinner, Issa's at home, ready to get digged down, and she gets a phone call from Lawrence. Now, here we go again with Mira Bitch. Shout out to Mira Bitch, who was just holding it down this whole episode. <laughs> Shout out to Mira Bitch, because I don't understand why... That was about to happen. That being Issa picking up the phone to talk to Lawrence. I said, baby girl, if you don't go in there, get the dick and call this nigga after brunch tomorrow. Like, what we're, What are we answering the phone for? Like, you've been at this birthday dinner. You've been at this birthday dinner with Kelly. Now, I know Kelly stopped drinking, but I think she had, like, some wine at the going away party last week. Or so, Kelly enjoys a sip, okay? Oh, but Kelly's also pregnant, so she probably wasn't drinking. But friends like Kelly, when you can't drink around them, be pushing you extra hard to drink. Like, drink for me. Take a shot for me. So I'm like, I know East is probably nice and lubed up. Lubed up. Oh, bad word. But also, good word. But like, nice and lick it up. And like, girl, if you don't go in there and fuck this man, get you some and call Lawrence in the morning. Like, it has been months at this point. You can go another 12 and a half hours. Like, let's focus. But... Shout out to Mira, bitch, for getting it together. Like, let's focus, sisterin. Let's. Issa does not call him. Uh, Mira, bitch, also was like not team calling him back. But, you know, Mira, bitch was Mira, bitching. 
And we time jump again. And it's now time jump number six. It is now Molly's birthday again. So we have fast forwarded a whole year. And the look that Issa had on with this plaid jacket, that black turtleneck and them gold chains. So cute. The hair, the the way that the jacket really like popped out, like, um, I wouldn't say peplum, but I'm not sure exactly what it is, but like definitely had like that flare out effect to it, almost like an A-line dress. So cute. So cute. Uh, Shiona, the costume designer. Hey girl, if you got a link, I will take it. Um, and I was just trying to find a, find a way to finesse it, you know, because I was a fan of this whole entire look, like would steal this entire look and wear it to brunch. But so cute. Loved all of it. But in this scene, it's Molly's birthday. No, I'm not going to lie to you all. No, we talked about, could we talk honestly about hair? Okay, so Tiffany's hair was not the greatest in that that previous scene. And then Molly's wig in this scene, I was like, why would they do this to her? Like, again, maybe this is just the, the hair of the girls in crisis because, you know, her mama is, you know, went on the glory, you know, work is stressing her out and things happening. I don't really know, child, but... I was like, this was not the look that I would have chosen for Molly Denise Carter. Um, but yes, the wig was, uh, well, yes. All right. Um, but <laughs> this scene did make me sad, though. This scene made me sad because you can tell in the tone of the conversation that these two have not really kikied in a minute. Like, even with the two, even in the two previous, you know, um, montages, Issa calls Molly and is like unable to reach her. Uh, part of it is probably because you know her mom passing away. The other part of it is probably because you know Molly has a new boyfriend and things are getting serious. And little does Molly know, Molly's about to be engaged. So like things are happening really fast, and you could just tell in, in the tone of the conversation, like these two have not really kicked it with each other or caught up in a minute, but. You know, they, they catch up. Um, Molly's going, I forget where she's going with Torian for the weekend. Child, it was too many time jumps. But, you know, Molly's got plans with Torian's for the weekend, which, again, um, one of those things about getting older, like when you've had a best friend for so long, or if you're lucky like me to have, like, multiple best friends, um, it does get a little weird when, like, you're the one that is solely responsible or, like, you as a crew are, like, responsible for, like, planning a person's birthday or like making sure shit is going solidly. And now they have this boyfriend or this girlfriend or this partner. And you're like, Oh, like this is not really my sole responsibility anymore. So like they go to like planning the birthdays and things. And then after a couple birthdays of them planning it, then it's like, Oh wait, nigga, I'm not even seeing you on your birthday because y'all are going to Philippe Chow or Fort Lauderdale. Oh, hopefully not Fort Lauderdale. Let's find a better place. Um, Aruba or you know like y'all just going to do you know couple shit like so yeah this this scene really did like touch me because I was like damn like this is really how shit be going like the older you get the harder it becomes to like link up on these birthdays and we see it throughout you know like Tiffany misses one Molly misses one like it just becomes difficult to keep up with but you know Issa's like listen Torian might be your little boyfriend or whatever, but bitch, I'm here and I'm taking you out this week because we need to we need to have a moment. So that scene really touched touched me in my core because while I'm not really the relationship girl like that, I am the friendship girl. Like friendships mean ugh, my friends mean so much to me. Where it's just like, you know, those my niggas. So I got it. I got it wholeheartedly. 
In the midst of that conversation, we see Kelly pop up at the door, who is now working at the firm. And I said, yes, Kelly. Yes, Kelly. No longer under these white people. Sis is leveling up, working with the niggas down at the law firm. We love to see it. And yeah, things are good. Things are good for Kelly. Things are looking better for Molly. And you know, things are looking great for Issa. Issa's at her new workspace for the block. When who shows up but Lawrence? Now, in this last scene, when Issa gets off the phone with um, Molly, she texts someone. We don't know who she's texting, but we later see that it's Lawrence, which, I mean, we probably could have assumed. But at this point in the time jumps, there really hadn't been a consistent more time with one than the other, i.e. Nathan versus Lawrence. I think we're seeing both of them kind of equally. That's where we're at with that. So Issa's at her new workspace. Lawrence shows up and he has just left his office. I said, okay, yes, come on, imaginary cigarette. Yes, for the office. So these two are talking, you know, they're connecting. Issa gives him a tour of the space. And it's like, girl, ain't really no tour because ain't much to see. Like, it's one room with three windows. But it's what you got, honey. And you should be proud of what you have. (laughs) So Issa realizes that she oversold the tour, but that's fine. And Issa gives... Us and me, probably one of my favorite lines of the season and the series. And she says, and then I realized it was all in my head. No one was doubting me except for me. Okay, besides Kelly and sometimes them all, but I had to believe it would work out for it to work out. Yes, Issa. I love that line so much. And soon after this moment, these two start making out. And at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, Lawrence and Issa, yeah, they're back in it. They're back in it. These two, this kiss is very passionate. This is a kiss that we haven't seen in a long time. And yeah, they're in it. They're they're in it. So we time jump again, time jump number seven. And we are now fast forwarded a year in time. And we are introduced to Mr. and Mrs. Torian Jackson. Molly got married. Yay. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. This scene, of course, as a TV junkie, of course, this scene reminded me of what? Tony's Wedding Season 3 Girlfriends. I just, there have been so few um black weddings that we've seen on tv that are really done like big 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 style you know like we had um well technically not whitley and Dwayne, but you know the last episode of a different world which is like a very grand wedding um but other than that i'm trying to think most of the black tv weddings that i can think of have been more so like on the smallest scale like even when lisa got married in the last episode of sister sister that was like in a church but like a very like typical negro very like familiar wedding you know, sense. But the fact that it was like so grand and so big, it really made me think of the episode of Girlfriends. Um, I'm trying to think, even when Martin and Gina got married. Now I'm not I'm gonna be honest, I don't really remember that episode of Martin like that, but I remember them getting married, obviously. Um, but yeah, even on the part, yeah, just like so many TV weddings have been like good, but not like so so grand. So the fact that this was so grand was really nice to see. Like the ponytails, uh One thing about me is that I love a pony, a high pony, a low pony, a side pony, um, a pony with a bang, a pony with a puff, a pony, like I love a ponytail. So between the ponytails, the red dresses, 
Yvonne looking sickening. So good. So, so good. Like, oh, I love this scene so much. And did y'all peep Tiffany with the baby bump? Yes, uh, baby number two is on the way for Tiffany and Derek. Simone's about to be a big sister. I was absolutely obsessed with the tribute to Mama Carter at the wedding. Um, also love the Isley Brothers moment because old bitch over here, like, Gwendolyn was living <laughs> for the Isley Brothers. And I was like, oh, this is a real black-ass wedding, and I am obsessed with this. Because the music on Insecure is always so good. But, like, I'm always impressed when they go in their old school bag, which is kind of rare because the show is so, you know, current. It's so, you know, of the times. But there are so many songs to choose from when you're going with just the idea of, like, classic Negro wedding where it's like, and so much of it is so good where it's like, how do you choose? But Isley Brothers, um, For the Love in You or For the Love of You. For the Love, For the Lover in You is Shalimar. For the Love of You. Yes, is the Isley Brothers. Yes. Well, shout out to Shalimar and shout out to the, uh, the Isley Brothers. But yes, that, oh, that is my shit, please. When I tell you Footsteps in the Dark, parts one and two by the Isley Brothers, my joint. I keep hearing footsteps, baby, in, in the dark. Oh, in the dark. I'm going to give y'all the last of my singing today because after this, we're not going to get any more singing moments. So you're welcome. You're getting all of the vocals today. You can tip at the door. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you also see in this scene that Lawrence is still around, which not going to hold you. I didn't hate. I did not hate the idea of Lawrence being at the wedding with them um, or being at the wedding with Issa, really. And in this scene, I said, okay, wait a minute. Did Issa write her entire life? Because, listen, I know Issa does not acknowledge the wedding, but Issa's not here right now in the room, so we can talk candidly. So we all know that Issa got married, right? Great, perfect. Um, Because I saw a lot of people really being like, no, she didn't get married. It was a photo shoot. I was like, are y'all... Do y'all not know Issa? Like, do you, are you not catching our girl's, like, tongue-in-cheek energy? Like, she got married, y'all. <laughs> but in watching this, I was like, yo, like, this is feeling almost like Issa's wedding. Like, when I was there, okay, I wasn't there. But when I looked at the pictures, <laughs> I was like, even even last night, I looked at, or yesterday, looked at the pictures of Issa's wedding, of the wedding they did on Insecure. And I was like, yo, like, Almost side by side, like these, like the house that they were filming in front of looked a lot like the, the house that Issa got, um, took her wedding photos in front of. Issa definitely had that ponytail when she got married, also had the ponytail for, you know, Molly's wedding. There were a couple similarities where I was like, okay, I think we might, I think Issa might have written her whole life here, which I'm not mad at. Like, I actually kind of love that. So, yes. Do the Googles, look at the pictures, they're there. But <sighs> this scene, this scene with Issa and Molly in the room, and Issa starts helping her take off her dress, this is truly where the waterworks started for me. Because, like, the wedding was cute, but, like, the wedding was cute at the point where even if we were at the wedding, like, in actuality, like, nobody really cries at the reception, child. By the time you get to the reception where they're introducing the couple... Please, you didn't have cocktail hour. You are liquored up. You are four tequilas in. You're ready to hit the electric slide and, you know, wobble. You know, we're ready to have things. So 
the seeing the reception didn't make me emotional. Um, what probably would have did it was like the actual ceremony with like exchanging vows and the kiss and blah, blah, blah. But we didn't get that. So this is really where the waterworks started for me. And it was just beautiful. Like there's no other way to put it. Like this scene where Yvonne, Yvonne, this scene where Yvonne was thinking Issa was really so beautiful because I said, oh, this is not acting. Like in after watching and reading all the tweets and stuff, Prentice Penny said, in the last take or one of the takes that they did of it, he told Yvonne to literally just thank Issa, like thank Issa Rae for all she's done for her. And like waterworks, like you could, you could just feel, you could feel it. You could feel it. Like the words rang so true and it was beautiful. Like it was really, really nice to see. And fun fact, that was actually the second to last day of filming but that was the last scene that Issa and Yvonne shot together. So that energy on top of Yvonne actually thinking Issa just, whoo, I'm going to send an invoice to HBO because somebody owes me a box of Kleenex or, you know, I, I need to be reimbursed for my Kleenex because the way that the tears were falling, like, was a lot for the kid. But we get that beautiful moment. And <laughs> even in the line where Molly's like, who is Torian? Oh, yeah, that's my husband. Like, again, yesterday, waterworks. Because it made me so emotional because, like, the fact that we've known and we've seen what Molly has gone through. Like, Molly has been through a lot of fuck shit and has done a lot of fuck shit when it comes to dating. But the fact that she found hers and they are happy together is just, like, <sighs> so great. So, so great. So beautiful to see. Really did touch my spirit. And yeah, after this, we get one more montage and we get our final montage and we see that the block is thriving. Issa is truly, truly bossed up in this red jumpsuit, which, or this red pantsuit, which I, uh, jumpsuit, pantsuit. No, that's not the same thing. And this red pantsuit, which I'm like obsessed with. A lot of red in this episode, a lot of bright, you know, rich colors, which I appreciate it. Issa's pushing Alexis, which made me think of. <laughs> You ever seen Queens of Comedy? Remember that joke that uh, Adele Givens made where she was like, people got to start naming their kids what they look like. She was like, I know a bitch named Alexis look like a Buick. <laughs> Anytime I hear like Alexis, a Buick, I automatically think of that joke. Shout out to Adele Givens. Um, but yeah, so we're at our final montage. And then this is really where it broke me. And I'm pretty sure it broke most of you all as well. We pass the dunes. We see Thug Yoda and baby girl. She ain't watching Bear Bears anymore or Bobo Melon. She's a big girl, child. She is out here just doing. She grown. She's grown. And it's, it's, she's grown. So we pass Maverick's flat, which is where we got the infamous broken pussy rap. Issa drove past. We got y'all. I almost didn't even recognize Frida because she cut her hair. Just. So many great things. The Rite Aid, old dude in the Best Buy shirt. Just so many, so many bookends and so many like, uh, what is it? What's the other word I'm thinking of? Bookends and recalls and just so many. So if you were truly a fan of this show from day one, like that scene really was just like, wow, like we have been through a lot of shit. And it almost felt like, I felt like that in this point right here, and then definitely once we got fully into the documentary, which we're not even going to talk about today because we ain't got that kind of time. But 
even though watching the documentary and this uh, little montage here, it almost felt like I was looking at a yearbook. Like, it felt like I was looking at a yearbook of the last five years and being like, yo, like, this was high school if you got left back, you know? Like, <laughs> this is this has been our lives. Like, for five years, this is these has been our niggas. So, yes, but the montage ends and Issa walks into the house and immediately I knew Lawrence was there because did y'all peep the picture that was in the bottom of the screen? Um, it was out of focus, but... Timestamp 37, 37, 37 minutes, 37 seconds in. If you want to go back and look, it's there. As soon as they cut to that shot, I was like, this is Issa and Lawrence in season one in this picture frame right here. And lo and behold, Lawrence is there. And so is baby Ja. And Issa is in full stepmommy mode. And again, I'm not going to hold you. I did not hate this. I did not hate this. It was cute. I was a fan of it. I was in support. What was also cute was that engagement ring. Now, I clocked it when Issa was opening up the ice cream. Because you know what's funny? In every time jump, I was looking at Issa's hands. Really everybody's hands, but mainly Issa and Molly's just to be like... Because, I again, like I said to y'all last week, us insecure viewers, we ain't new to this. We true to this. And the way that they just slip shit in on the low sometimes, like you really got to watch... You've, you got to watch the show with a pen and a pad... Or listen to a recap podcast. Thank you for listening. But <laughs> there's so much shit that happens where you're like, if you blink, you're like, oh, I did not even catch that. To the point, I was texting my sister-in-law. <laughs> I was like, yes. I'm like, Tiffany's pregnant again. And she was like, huh? And I was like, yes, you didn't you didn't peep the bump. She was like, nah, got to go back and watch. So stuff moves fast around here. But yes, I peeped it when Issa was opening up the ice cream. And I was like, this is either an engagement ring or a wedding ring. They cut to that next scene where Issa's in the bathroom and she's putting on the lip gloss and they make it a little bit more obvious. And she gets the call from Molly. And Molly's off somewhere enjoying her trip. I think she's in Greece. She's like, she would much rather be kicking it with Issa. And (laughs) if you've ever been in a relationship enough, a dating situation enough, you have done things with your partner, with your boo, with your whatever you call your your mate. Well, let me not say this. I have been in situations where I have done things <laughs> with people I have been dating. And I've been like, this was fun. But I wish my best friends was here. <laughs> like, you cool. You my guy. You, I'm fucking with you heavy. Raleigh, I love you. You my baby. But if my best friends were here, I'd be having a little bit of a better time. And that's exactly what I got from this scene. Like, listen, Tori and cool. I love him. That's my husband. We are happily married. However, girl, if you were here, we would be fucking the city up. So really, really um, love that. Love that friendship moment. And then, yeah, there's a line that Issa says. So, of course, in this whole conversation, Issa is like, casually throwing her hand on her chest like she's making the ring very obvious and in this scene molly's like me and tori have been fucking so much that i think he might have actually broken my pussy and Issa's like oh so now it's funny now we could joke about it and Issa walks out of the frame and we hear the because i'm a boss Ooh, ooh. And that's where we end the series. That is where we end on it. And you know what? I really wanted a Issa Lawrence couch moment just for the sake of season one. I was like, it would be cute 
if this ended with them sitting on the couch. But, you know, the bouch. The bouch has been very uh, monumental in these two characters' lives. But the fact that it ended with Molly and Issa was like, okay, no, this is really how it needs to end. Because these two are truly the love story of the show. You know, like, while there have been some dark times in the show, I would say the darkest time for us was when Issa and Molly were on the outs. You know, season four, I mean, also the world and, you know, police killing people and a lot of other shit was going on during that period. So I think as a collective, we were all pretty fatigued. So I think these two fighting was not making things any better. But, you know, like, the fact that it ended right where it started with these two being as they need to be in each other's lives was just Molly and Issa are our Joan and Tony. It is our Carrie and Big. Like, they are the true love affair of the show. If these two are good together, we're going to be all right. To take it back to the song that opened up the series, we're going to be all right, child. So that is where we end for the series finale. Oh, one more thing about this song, though. In watching it the second time around, the lyrics to Bossy really were so perfect. Like, I know that they chose it because, you know, Broken Pussy, that was a song that was sampled, blah, blah, blah. But even hearing the lyrics to it, like, I'm the first girl to scream on the track. I switched up the beat of the drum. I'm the bitch y'all love to hate. I'm the chick that raised the stakes. Like, again, while Issa is not the first, second, or tenth person to create a TV show, she's not the first to scream on the track. But baby, did she scream? Did she do that shit? Like, switched up the beat of the drum. Like, the lyrics were just so perfect in... Not only what this show has done, but what Issa has done in her career. And I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Wow. Damn. Now that's almost hitting an hour or hitting an hour. Ciao. All right. Let's wrap this up. So um, just some quick highlights. What I love, the use of birthdays, because after a certain age, this is how life be feeling. Many of my friends, I hate to say it. I only see them on their birthdays, like, which is so raggedy, but it's just like, we're at a point now in life, in life where like, shit is moving so quickly where it's like yo like even seeing you on your birthday is difficult like it really becomes a lot so i like that they use that also of course the recall to season one you know series opens up with Issa's 29th birthday so was a really big fan of that what it also felt like to me was a love letter and a reminder to us that we're all in this shit together and listen it might seem messy now it might be messy now but that does not change the fact that there's hope, keep hustling, keep living, keep thriving. Like, all of those, like, cliches and tweetable things that we be seeing on the timeline. But, like, it really is true. Like, it sounds crazy to say, but so many of us have grown up with this show. Like, five years on TV, you know, six years, I think, actually in reality. Because, you know, just the way that the, the schedule kind of played out. Like, I think it's actually been six years. Um but, like, we went to undergrad with these people and got our master's. Like, you know, like, I'm taking I'm taking this. This is a lot. This is a lot for me. So, yeah, as characters and as real people, we've been with these people for a long time. Like I said earlier, and now I'm just going through bullet points, y'all. So just let me get through this. Uh, like I said earlier, again, just special for black viewers because so many of us, so many of the shows that we love have not gotten the proper send-off. Even in the wind down, Prentice was like, you know, shows like Sopranos, Game of Thrones. I'm like, honey, shows like Girlfriends, Everybody Hates Chris. Like, so many of these shows that we have loved as a culture have just been pulled from underneath us with no completion to this day. So, like, to be honest, and I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about 
this final season. We talked kind of candidly here about it. As a whole, to completion, honestly, no matter how you feel about it, this is a big accomplishment, you all. Like, as black people, and I hate to make it so, like, you know, Jesse Jackson, but, like, as black people, as viewers of television, like, we don't often get to have this moment. And I think that's why they kind of did a lot of time jumping because... So many other shows that we've loved. Hell, I'm still waiting to find out if Lil' Kim kidnapped Miles or Moesha. You know? Like, there's a lot of shit that's been unanswered. And I think that's why they went so in-depth with this. Because they were like, oh, while this not, while this won't change what we've gotten in the past, this will make us feel a little bit better about this ending here. So, oh, you know what? Let's get into uh, Prentice's notes. Because like I said, Prentice was on, um, child, what's the name of this thing? Oh, Sit Black and Watch last night on Clubhouse. So just a couple highlights that we got from there, and then we will be on our merrily way. So, like we stated before, there was supposed to be two different finales. One was shot, or not shot, one was written to be in Morocco to uh, fill the void of that Issa Mali trip that they were going to take in season one. Well, of course, we did not get that. No word yet on what the second finale was supposed to be, but... If not next week, the week after, we might be able to get an answer to that question. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. But but in writing the two finales, they just wanted the show to feel more L.A., which I respect because so much of the backbone of this show has been Los Angeles. It really has been like the fifth character sometimes. So, yes, love that that happened. Uh, funny enough, Molly was going to be at Kelly's party, you know, her birthday party in the finale. It was written in the script. It was actually shot as Molly was going to be leaving as Issa was arriving just to kind of play into that whole dynamic of like, we're getting older, we're busy, like I came, but I can't stay for super long. It was going to be a thing with Molly having to leave because Torian had something with the partners. And then after the fact, Prentice and the team was like, you know what, like, let's just not have Molly here at all. Like, I think this kind of, or I think, look at me, they thought it kind of just made more sense for her to just not be there in the idea of, her mom just passing away, Torian still being busy with work. So, like, they just decided to not have her there at all, which, you know, was an interesting choice. We also learned last night on Sit Black and Watch that Daniel, Chad, and what the hell is this man's name? Torian all went in to read for Lawrence. Like, they were all in that final batch that went to HBO. The way it works is, like, on these big, big, big shows like Insecure, generally they'll bring in multiple people to read for the role. So there's like certain levels or there's levels to the audition. So like you read, you know, with like Issa and then you read with like Issa and, you know, the executive producers. And then if the EPs like you, then you meet with like the network. And then if the network likes you, then you really get casted. So like there's a couple different audition processes or audition levels that happens, you know, on these types of shows. But generally what these shows will do is they'll come to the network with like, a batch of people. So they're like, this is our top choice, but these are also the people that we are thinking about in case you all don't like this person. So in any event, um, Daniel, I'm just going to use character names just for the sake of our brains and my brain. Um, so Daniel, Chad, and Torian were all going to read for Lawrence. I'm going to end up going to Jay Ellis, but Prentice was like, those actors were so good that they just had to find other roles for them. So yeah, that's how we get that rounded out cast. The reason why Issa did not choose herself uh, at the end of the series was because, which I totally forgot about, is that she already chose herself in season three. Like, in season three, it really became a whole thing of, like, I'm not going to go with, you know, 
Um, I'm trying. You know what? I'll be honest. Season three is a little vague for me. I don't know if her and Daniel were broken up by the end of season. You know what? They were not even together. Oh, child. Mm, I can't really remember. And this Prosecco was hitting. But um, Princess was like, listen, Shorty chose herself in season three. And one of the other writers in the room was like, the episode that we all loved last year with them on the date in season four. They were like, we already kind of showed them as soulmates. Issa really needs to be with her soulmate. The question can be had, and Prentice said this, like, how many soulmates does one have in life? That's like a whole separate thing that, you know, they could have discussed. But the main point is, is that this is Issa's soulmate. Like, seeing them on that date together really was like, oh, these two are, these two are it. You know, there might be other it's out there, but we don't know if those it's exist. But we know right here, this one is the one for her. This one is the one for him. So, yes, that is why we really get Issa and Lawrence together at the end of this. Uh, funny enough, Crenshaw was also supposed to be in the finale. He was actually supposed to be in two scenes, uh, but his queen sugar schedule got to be too hectic because, you know, Ralph Angel, you're doing the Ralph Angel things with that voice mm, and that face mm, and that beard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the schedule got to be too hectic. So he had to, uh, so, you know, Kofi Cerebro couldn't make it to those last filming days. And then we were actually, now this pissed me off. We were actually supposed to get a Chad and Kelly scene at the going away party. They were supposed to meet. There was a whole banter, a whole scene between them. The only problem was is that it was going to be like a reaction to the Lawrence-Nathan fight. And according to Prentice, in watching it, or I guess reading it or seeing how it played out, is that having those two have this banter-esque moment, um, they were supposed to be standing at the bar while they're watching the fight happen. And Prentice was like, it was going to just take away from the moment, which I respect because that moment was really heavy last week. And I think some comic relief really would have taken away from the, uh, the dramatic effect of it, for lack of a better term. So yes, kind of annoying that we didn't get that scene, but we need it in a, you know, a digital exclusive or something because we need to see, we need to see these two interact. Okay. We've earned it. We deserve. That is all I have for uh, my sit black and watch insecure notes. So if you're on clubhouse, sit black and watch, just follow them. They, they talk about all the good black shows and yeah, not insecure anymore. I was going to say in, in every Monday insecure, but that's not a thing. So yes. Well, that's where we leave off for this week's episode. Uh, that is it for insecure. I will say if you have not watched awkward black girl, now is the perfect time to go back and start it. Um, I actually was not an awkward black girl. Um, in the hive, I was not an awkward black girl, period. But I was not in an awkward black girl hive until season one wrapped. So Insecure had season one. And then I was like, I need more of this. And then I went back and like binged all of ABG. So good. And yeah, oh, the final thing, which I just love so much, was that in that very last scene when Issa looked in the mirror, did y'all peep? Mirror bitch is gone. Like, that's it. Like, we have gotten to a point where like, not that the insecurities don't exist anymore, but the fact that the insecurities are, we're secure in them. You know, Issa's secure in them. Like, they're not driving her rampant like they would, like they were a couple of years ago. So, the fact that there was no voice from Mirabitch, I was like, wow, we really, we've grown up. We're doing all right. Life is looking kind of good out here. So, yeah, that's where we're at for this week. So, no people poll question because ain't really else to discuss, you know? But as always, let me know what's on your mind. You can tweet me 
at He Got Y'all. You can find this show wherever you're listening to it at the moment. It is also on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Stitcher. Please rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. It costs you nothing. Next week, we will not be meeting here. It'll be New Year's, so we'll have a little moment off. Now, I will say that I come from the world of radio, and in the world of radio, media, anything in general, I generally don't like to announce things before they are officially official. In two weeks, we will have a guest. Part of me doesn't want to say it, but the other part of me is like, well, if we say it, then we can hold this person accountable. (laughs) But I believe this woman is a word of her word. So the next episode of He Got Y'all will be dropping on January 10th. We're going to have a week off for New Year's just, you know, recalibrate. You know, I got to readjust my wig, you know, make sure it looks good. Because next week, or the week after that, on January 10th, we will be talking to executive producer Amy Aniobi. So many questions, so many things I need answered, because I do want to unpack this whole Issa looking uncomfortable at Kelly's party. What was that about? So that, of course, we'll discuss all things Insecure. So if you have any questions for Amy, we'll talk Insecure. I also have like some, some TV writer questions, because that is my little geeky brain. We'll discuss that. So... If you have any questions for Amy, hit me up on Twitter at he got y'all. You can DM me. You can tweet me. You don't have to tag Amy in the tweet. Just, you know, send it to me and then, you know, we'll do the things. But yes, January 10th, we'll be talking to Amy Aniobi. So let me know your questions. And yeah, let's unpack our favorite show one last time together. And that's it. So thank you for listening. Um... Wow, this episode is over an hour long. All right, let me get the fuck up out of here. All right, thanks for listening. Y'all be good. Have a very safe and happy new year. Uh, We'll talk in two weeks on the 10th for the final episode of He Got Y'all. All right, beautiful people. Thanks for listening. Love you for listening. Bye.